0: You're listening to the Reynolds Hotbox. 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 box. The Reynolds Hotbox. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another edition of the Reynolds Hotbox. This time, we'll be talking Nevada elections and ballot questions. I'm your host, Troy Welling. And with me, I have Chris and Patrick. Chris, what's up?
1: Not too much. How are you?
0: Good. Just hanging out today, Patrick, about yourself. How are you doing, man? Hey, I'm good, man. Getting excited ready for the Nevada elections coming up soon. And just a friendly reminder, the information we provide today does not reflect our views or the views of the Reynolds Hotbox. We'll be representing both uh, parties, both the Democratic-Republican parties, and their views on these current issues. But let's just go straight into it. We'll start with the governor race. We have Steve Sisolak versus Joe Lombardo. Obviously, Governor, current Governor Steve Sisolak sitting on the De- uh, Democratic side. And then on the o- other side, we have the Republican Joe Lombardo, former Clark County Sheriff that l- lived a lot in Las Vegas, knows the scene down there especially. But let's kind of get into their most recent debate and major differences in their views and issues. Patrick, if you want to start out.
2: Yeah, so um, for Steve Sisolak, um, you know, like you said, he's the he's the incumbent governor. Um, some of his main issues are economy and jobs, public safety, affordable housing Education, reproductive freedom, health care, and climate change and water. Um, so it was interesting to see how those uh, played out in the debate against um, Joe Lombardo. Chris, if you want to um, talk about that.
1: Yeah, so some issues that Joe Lombardo has um, that he's trying to, he's campaigning on are taxes, uh, education, public safety, affordable housing. Water in the Environment, Reproductive Health, uh, Election Integrity, the Second Amendment, and Immigration and Sanctuary Cities.
0: Yeah, quite, quite a lot on, on both sides, obviously, looking at, at general issues. But going into the, the thick of things, obviously, uh, you know, abortion's been a big topic in, in Nevada, especially considering there's a lot of surrounding states that don't really have uh, those kind of same stance that, that Nevada has currently. That's what Steve Sisolak's kind of... Trying to cover, we'll actually go to a quick commercial. hear what he has to
2: say about that. Politicians have no business making decisions about women's health, but Joe Lombardo doesn't understand that. He wants to restrict birth control and supports a ban on abortion. As long as I'm your governor, I'll protect your right to make your own health care decisions. So um, Steve Sisolak, he um, has, has been fighting for reproductive freedom. Uh, in Nevada, uh, during his first term, Steve signed legislation that decriminalized abortion um, and removed outdated practices that made it harder for Nevadans um, to receive the care that they needed when they needed an abortion. Um, so, obviously, you know Steve Sisolak is pretty he's pretty pro-choice, um, and he wants to keep that that right that woman's right to you know get an abortion when they when they think they need one or when they can't, you know, handle handle a baby. Um, I think that's pretty different from what um, Joe Lombardo was saying. Because, um, you know, Joe Lombardo is pretty pro-life. Chris, if you want to go into...
1: Yeah, so he's... Uh, Joe Lombardo is flip-flopped a lot. Um, but, yeah, he says that he's pro-life. Um, he, uh, he says he wants to keep access to contraceptives, um... And uh, he did actually tell KRNV-TV that he would overturn uh, Sisolak's June executive order that would protect uh, out-of-state abortions. Um, he, uh, he also opposes a, a national abortion ban, um, but uh, he supports uh, laws that require parents to be notified if a minor is having an abortion um, and uh, he says that the state law in Nevada allows for an abortion up to 24 weeks, and he wouldn't change that.
2: Something something interesting I saw is um, Joe Lombardo also said that he won't prosecute women who come to Nevada seeking an abortion.
0: Yeah, that's pretty important because I, I was just mentioning before we cut into that commercial is that a lot of the surrounding states, Nevada or uh, Utah, Arizona, there's a lot of surrounding states that are against abortion and have very strict laws. So that outside, um, you know, out of state laws—it's a pretty big topic to cover for both of these two going into the governor. So, or for that governor position. So, yeah, it is a—it's an important topic to cover, and it's interesting to see that. Uh, I think, kind of, we were talking about it earlier, Chris, that Lovato's kind of flip-flopped a little bit on his on his views of of abortion and trying to keep everyone sane. I guess in Nevada, he's kind of been back and forth with it.
1: Yeah, yeah, he's—you uh, know—he really can't make up his mind. So, uh, you know, he probably should before the election. And another big issue between
0: the governors, at least from their debate and what we've been seeing, is uh, the crime rate in Nevada. Kind of talking about, you know, especially going towards like defunding the police and other issues like that. You know, Patrick going for Steve Sisolak, kind of what his views are on what what Nevada's looking like as far as crime goes.
2: Um, so uh, again, during his first term, Steve Sisolak. Uh, he took significant steps to curb v- gun violence. You know, he banned bump stocks. Uh, he closed the gun show loophole. And um, he, he's uh, requiring common sense background checks on all gun sales. Uh, you know, it seems like, you know, he really wants to keep, like, guns uh, out of the hands of, you know, people who want to, um, you know, hurt people and, you know, keep that crime up. Uh, And I think I think that's pretty important, considering, you know, all the school shootings that have been happening. Um, The, you know, especially with these like little kids, you know, nobody wants nobody wants to get their kid to go to school and have to be scared of getting shot. And I think that's really important. That's, you know, Sisolak is 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 taking these steps to to stop gun violence.
0: Yeah, it is. It's obviously very important. It's been kind of a major topic, obviously, in general elections. Obviously, in general, uh, you want to make sure the safety of everybody is in. Is, is out of harm's way and going to the other side. Kind of Joe Lombardo's been in the military. He's, he's been, you know, in as, as a sheriff in Las Vegas. So he, you know, we we know about Las Vegas. He's seen some things down there. But you know, going over to his side of things as far as you know crime rates go and how you know he, his views on defunding police. Uh, Chris, if you want to take that?
1: Yeah. So uh, apparently Joe has spent his entire career trying to protect Nevadans. Um, when he was elected in 2014 to Clark County Sheriff, um, the overall crime rate. Uh, supposedly went down. He's fought against crime. He believes that Steve Sislak is soft on crime. He says that the left wants to defund the police. Joe wants to make the police stronger. Um, He wants to save us from Antifa, from anarchy.
0: (laughs) Yeah, so obviously two governors with some very different views on things, which is going to happen especially when we go to the next uh, race as well as the Senate race with Democrat Catherine Cortez Masto versus Republican Adam Laxalt. Uh, Catherine Cortez Masto, the first Latina in the U.S. Senate, and she is the current incumbent for that position, trying to keep that going into the next election. On the other side, Adam Laxalt, former Attorney General, has some big views on inflation and especially the Mexico wall, the U.S.-Mexico wall, is something he is looking forward to. We'll start, I guess, with Catherine Cortez Masto, kind of her views on, on everything as she goes and tries to secure that Senate spot again.
2: So um, one big thing that Cortez Masto is you know, kind of fighting for is, again, the reproductive freedom. Um, you know, she's, she's been a big, a big um, supporter of abortion um, and abortion rights. So I think that's that's going to be pretty pretty important when it comes down to her race. Uh, she's criticized Adam Laxalt's um, comments that he's made on uh, Roe v. Wade in the past, and it's interesting to see how that's going to play out. Because uh, I don't I don't think they're going to have a debate able to agree on like a time and place. So I think that's going to be pretty interesting when it comes down to the polls to see to see who's 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 going to win. Uh, considering all how important. Reproductive rights are going to are, are in this election.
0: Yeah, and, and obviously not having a debate in general leaves a lot out of it for both parties to kind of sit, solidify their positions or solidify their views. It's a it's a pretty big thing if they don't have like a pretty general uh, debate coming soon. But obviously on the other side of Cortez Maso you have Adam Laxalt, who's a bit more in favor for what the Republican parties has normally been been favoring.
1: Yeah, uh, he's big into... um, He's pro-life. He doesn't want to have abortion. He's for the reversal of Roe v. Wade. Um, So, yeah, he's got some pretty extreme policies and uh, he doesn't really seem to care much about uh, a woman's right to choose. Yeah, and that's I feel like that's one of the biggest overall election
0: kind of views and and topics is obviously abortion and Roe v. Wade. And we've had some in both, uh, obviously... In Leksell versus Cortez Masto and the governor race, there's been some very differing views on on that, and even going back to the governor race for Lombardo, he's kind of wishy-washy on on that topic, and it, it is uh, it's a tough topic for them to to try and handle. Obviously, it's uh, it's one that Nevada's still trying to represent and trying to to keep. So we'll see. As this continues, as the elections coming up, we'll see if that is going to stay the truth in Nevada or if it's going to wash up to the other way. And on this side for uh, Cortez Masto versus Laxalt, another thing we just talked about with the governors was the view on crime and and police defunding and all that kind of stuff. We'll take a look, uh, take a listen, I guess, at Laxalt's view on that against Cortez Masto here.
1: I'm Adam Laxalt and I approve this message. Catherine Cortez
2: Masto pretends to support law enforcement. But voted to rubber stamp radical officials. Including
1: activists who refused to prosecute drug dealers.
0: And supported defunding police.
1: Cortez Masto called police racist. And when a local officer was shot in the head.
0: During riots, she encouraged.
2: She didn't say a word. We retract our endorsement. We retract our endorsement. We retract our endorsement of Catherine Cortez Masto. Catherine Cortez Masto is dangerous
0: for police. And dangerous for Nevada. And obviously off of that Laxalt. salt some pretty big views in uh, against Cortez Mas so kind of going into the crime rate thing again like we saw with the governors and the crime rate in Nevada rising and police defunding been a general topic in elections in general Patrick if you want to kind of talk about Cortez Mas so an article recently that that
2: was written yeah so um in this article by the Las Vegas Review Journal um it kind of it kind of debunks all those those claims that I wouldn't say well, it not debunks, but it's like shows the other side of all those claims in that advertisement. Um, so it says, firstly, Cortez Masto served for two years as a federal prosecutor in Washington, D.C. Uh, she worked with the police to put criminals behind bars, um, and then secondly, Cortez Masto served as the attorney general in Nevada for eight years, um, and she actually served. As the Attorney General before Adam Laxalt, and Adam Laxalt actually called her a role model, so I think that's that's pretty interesting. Um, uh, this one's not as important, but you know Cortez Masto is actually married to a cop, so um, it's hard to push a radical anti-police yeah. agenda when you're married to a Fed. Um, that's a direct quote from the article. So I think it's I think it's going to be pretty interesting how. Um, how all this plays out. Yeah, um,
0: Laxalt seems a bit confused in general. Obviously, like you said, the ad is basically him attacking everything that the article is like debunking it's like you know hey you know uh she wants to defund the police she hates the police this is all that and then the ad is like or the the article is like well no not really she's been a part of it before and she's married to to a cop so she's yeah, kind of i also
2: think it's situation. i think it's super important because another part in this article says uh, that she actually has law enforcement support uh you know she's been endorsed by the nevada law enforcement coalition and the nevada association of public safety officers uh and that includes henderson police officers and supervisors north las vegas police supervisors um, state law enforcement officers including capitol police attorney general investigators gaming control board agents and university police
0: yeah it sounds like a lot of a lot of people are, are on her side from that and obviously the the commercial kind of had a few of you know firefighters police whatever that were against it but Clearly a majority are still in our favor, so that's something that it has to keep an eye on. And that election, I'm pretty sure, is very close between those two, 46%, 47% kind of thing. So we have to keep an eye on for that. Do you have anything for Laxalt that you wanted to, to kind of cover?
1: So apparently Laxalt is the state's first real top cop because he has organized like statewide law enforcement summits to bring law enforcement together. Um, but, you know, it doesn't really seem like uh, he's done much. The only thing that I've found is that he's uh, reduced the amount of uh, sexual assault cases. Um, But he believes that crime is on the rise in Nevada and he wants to, um, you know, go against crime and go against the reckless, soft on crime policies that the Democrats are pushing
0: <laughs> yeah we'll uh we'll see how that pays off in the the Senate race, but now let's go ahead and just swing on over to the secretary of State. we have Jim Marchant versus Cisco Aguilar big uh topic they're kind of going through is mail in voting and uh, especially in jim marchant's case the twenty twenty election a uh, prominent denier of the twenty twenty election, which is good and bad for his general elections a lot of voters you know that could scare a lot that could welcome in uh, voters as well kind of talking cisco aguilar he's a bit more under the radar i'd say for for the democratic party patrick
2: yeah so um cisco aguilar he's open to mail-in voting um for those who can't make it to the voting polls and that was kind of all i could find on his his stances on mail-in voting um something something big um that he is working on is um he wants to continue to overcome the major challenges brought by the pandemic, um, you know, uh, become more efficient as a government, reduce bureaucracy, and enhance access to services um, that are often too out of reach for many Nevadans. Um, an interesting thing that uh, I found out the other day is he's actually uh, going to come visit UNR this Friday, October 7th. Um, so if you have time uh, and you're interested in, and learning more about him. Uh definitely definitely stop by there. He's pretty pretty under the radar as far as as views
0: go and stuff. So I'm sure going to UNR it's gonna give a lot of his general stances and issues and, and views on that. So yeah, definitely something you don't want to miss out on, especially if you're for the Democratic Party. That's exactly probably why he's coming to UNR. Get that the the student fan base in his in his general way. But on the other side, obviously Jim Marshant, much more uh, of a a, I wouldn't say extremist, but definitely uh, in a lot of views similar to what we've seen in the past for the Republicans.
1: Yeah, so it looks like uh, Jim Marchant wants to, uh, you know, protect families. Again, crime is on the rise, and he, um, you know, believes that the left are radical socialists who want to defund the police, um, and so he just wants to, uh, you know, be tough on crime. He wants to make sure that everybody has free speech. Um, but that there's no riots uh, or destruction of property. Um, Also, he wants to take on the establishment, um, which, you know, seems like a lot of uh, Republicans are trying to do that, um, you know, because uh, there's a lot of people who have been in D.C. for a while, and he, you know, wants to go against that. And he also wants to hold China accountable for the coronavirus. So, you know, all those...
0: Yeah, he's got he's got some big big views on on a couple of those kind of issues that we've seen. So yeah, like I said, not I wouldn't classify as an extremist, but definitely something to to see on the Republican side of things. For that was the Secretary of State, and last but not least, the last uh, Nevada election. We'll be talking about the Attorney General election that is Aaron D. Ford versus Sigal Chata. Uh, Aaron Ford on the Democratic side, Sigal Chata on the Republican side. Very differing opinions, most specifically on kind of the right to bear arms and and gun violence, which we were just previously talking about. That's also going to be a major debate between a lot of the general elections. But, you know, starting with Aaron Ford kind of wants to end uh, gun violence, decrease opioids, kind of his main views.
2: Yeah. So Aaron D. Ford, he's trying to um, uh, end the gun show loophole uh, and keep unserialized, untraceable ghost guns off the streets. Uh, he's also trying to uh, enact bans on bump stocks and silencers, like the one used in the, the Route 91 music festival shooting in Las Vegas. Um, he knows that unchecked guns are serious threats uh, to members of law enforcement. Um, and he's he's worked with um, Governor Sisolak, uh in expanding background checks uh, to include private party sales. So I think that's pretty interesting when it comes to gun violence.
0: Yeah, and and obviously whenever you bring up Route 91, it's kind of a big thing, especially in Nevada, obviously, it's close to home and is is a very important topic. So when you bring that into the equation, you get kind of the emotions high and and kind of the rest of the – Fan, not fan base, the the voting base wants to kind of get in on what you're kind of talking about. But on the other side, Seagal Chata wants to protect that right to bear arms.
1: Yeah, she wants to, you know, protect Nevadans' uh, lawful right to bear arms and, uh, you know, keep this in the U.S. and the Nevada Constitution. Um, she also wants to defund the right to freedom of conscience and religious practices. So I don't know how she's going to do that, um, and she's had some very— uh, extreme views on the current attorney attorney general she actually said that he should be hanging from a crane um yeah so, from uh, a
0: tweet li- like quoted from a tweet yeah live on that one so yeah so definitely some some big words from the republican parties i mean we've seen that in a couple of these races so far the republicans have some big views on some things like you said for the previous one on jim marchand on jesus China causing COVID and then going to this once again all saying the Attorney General should be hanging from a crane and not deleting that tweet and just leaving that up is uh, you know that that says a lot so you got to keep an eye out for that one for the Attorney General election but we have the Nevada ballot questions we are going to go to a quick break from our sponsor before we get to those
1: welcome hello we are the Reynolds Media Lab Media Lab Podcasts
0: Client Services
1: Special Projects Documentaries
0: we are a production center at, at the Reynolds, Reynolds School, School of, of Journalism. Journalism.
2: The Reynolds Media
0: Lab. Media Lab. Media Lab. And over to the Nevada ballot questions. The first one, should the Nevada's Constitution guarantee equal rights? Basically just saying, you know, in a written form that the Nevada Constitution would guarantee equal rights regardless of race, color, creed, sexual orientation, natural origin. Just kind of getting it in writing.
2: I think... I think a lot of people are going to vote yes on that, especially especially a lot of Democrats. I I feel like I can't even like.
0: It's yeah. Obviously, it down obviously for...
2: like uh, uh, there's already equal rights. It's just um, trying getting it written in the Nevada Constitution. So I think a lot of people are going to vote yes on that.
1: Yeah, I also think you know for the Re- Republican side, I think they're going to vote yes. Um, I mean, you may have a few who uh, would vote no, but I think the majority of the Republicans are going to you know, vote to change the language in the Nevada Constitution. I mean, obviously everybody has equal rights, so.
0: Yeah, it's basically like we, we're we trying to, the Nevada's just trying to guarantee with, in written form is like, well, everyone will have equal rights in the Constitution. So that is the first question. Going to the second one, the decision to increase the current minimum wage, currently uh, standing at $10 an hour, I believe, and they're trying to increase that over to $12 an hour, but that secondary option for the no is increase it to eleven for employees receiving health benefits, twelve dollars for employees not receiving health benefits, but something important we were talking about is this will start in twenty twenty four so it's basically like a dollar annual thing that they're trying to say they're not doing an annual raise, but it's in that sense where it wouldn't turn into twelve dollars an hour until twenty twenty four
2: I think I think. Uh, a lot of Democrats are going to vote yes on that specifically you know uh, in the past they've been um, they've been fighting for you know workers' rights increased wage um, I think they're probably going to be disappointed though that it, uh it's twelve and not like fifteen or a higher yeah, especially number. especially in a
0: couple of years when inflation's already been kind of crazy
2: yeah plus it's it 's important to realize a lot of places are already paying above minimum wage just because of the uh, the worker crisis so i think I think definitely for Democrats at least a lot of people are going to vote yes on that.
1: I think, you know, the Republicans, they're going to vote no. Um, the, you know, majority of Republicans, they don't like big government. They don't like to have, um, you know, like a minimum wage. They believe that, uh, you know, every business, business should be able to, you know, pay as much as they want or as little as they want. Um, so, yeah, the Republicans, you know, they're not for the minimum wage.
0: Yeah, it could be kind
1: of a toss-up, especially
0: considering Nevada is a very – I would say coin flip state it has been very close as far as just general elections and, and everything goes. So minimum wage could be one of those things that's been considered. But obviously, like you said, Democratic side definitely wants to have those benefits. But also, like you mentioned, the worker crisis makes it kind of past that point where will this even change anything, that right. kind of option. Right. So it definitely leaves something for the Democratic side to think and vote on as well. And question number three, establishing top five primary votes and ranked choice for general elections. What does that mean for their
2: voters, Patrick? So um, you know this this question is pretty convoluted. It's a really it's a really confusing topic actually, but I'm gonna do my best to explain it. Um, so right now in Nevada we have what's called a um, closed primary system, uh, and that's only registered voters of the same political party can participate in a primary, uh, and you know help determine who moves on to the general election. Uh, but you know this question this ballot question um, wants to change it to an open primary, so only. Uh, you don't have to be registered to a specific party um, to to participate in the primary, so it kind of it kind of helps um, limit the the partisan you know partisan election uh, partisan electing. Um, and then there's a second part, um, uh, the ranked choice voting part, um, which would allow you to. Uh, which would mean there's going to be 5 candidates on the ballot instead of just uh the two and you could rank them in in choices of top 5 um so like if you if uh you don't want let's say let's say uh like Kanye West is on the ballot uh for Nevada governor or something like that you could vote him number 5 if you is he's the least one you wanted yeah
0: basically uh-huh. just skipping that caucus part of uh, of things and kind of putting it in uh, like a top five like you said situation so for voting purposes it just means you be able to put your top five choices and they would kind of skip that open the next segment of, of voting as those five would kind of continue into the next election uh chris anything on that Good uh, to go?
1: yeah <laughs> i mean i think it's uh i think the republicans probably probably would uh not go for this um because again they want to um, it
0: gives independent voting a lot of, of
1: choice as well, I think, because like you said, it's nonpartisan kind of getting
0: the independents to, to maybe get more into voting in, in general elections as well, which, you know, could favor both sides, obviously could favor one or the other. But it, it does leave that kind of the openness. So, yeah, the, this third question, a little bit more convoluted, a little bit more difficult to kind of break down. So I feel like it's going to be voted on. More on the no side, be, simply because people might yeah, not understand it. Yeah, because of how confusing it. it is. Yeah,
2: I think it's important to note that um, it only it would affect most high-profile partisan elections. Um, you know, the House seats, Senate seats, statewide offices, and legislative legislative races, uh, but it would exclude the presidential races.
1: I, again, I don't think the Republicans would like it because you know when you have a lot of. Uh what is it, like extreme candidates, you know, and with, like, the primaries, the people are able to vote, you know, who they want. So if they like this extreme candidate, um, you know, then it w- they would be for it. Um, but, uh, you know, if more independents and more people who are not registered are able to vote, like not registered with a party, you know, then I don't think the Republicans would like it because there would be a diverse pool and, you know, they, would, uh, they wouldn't they would be able to get their um, – extremist candidate elected (laughs) yeah Yeah. i think this one's going to be a toss-up
2: for the democrats too i can't really
1: i can't really put my
2: finger on on what democrats are going to vote for like we said it's it's a really confusing um concept so i'm sure a lot of people are going to vote no but i also do see the benefits to this um this voting system so maybe if they're informed some will vote yes Uh, but it's it's i really have no have no prediction of what's going to happen here
0: yeah, and that's why it's important to stay up to date with us at the Reynolds Hotbox so you get all this kind of information, get this third question out of the way early. That way you can understand it before you go vote for one of these Nevada elections. But once again, thank you, everyone, for listening. My name is Troy with me, Chris and Patrick. Make sure to keep updated with the Reynolds Sandbox and on all of these social medias. And last but not least, did you enjoy your stay in the hotbox?